0: You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com tech.
1: If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet PlushCare
2: Well, hello, hello, my lovelies. Welcome to another episode of Ginger Archie. I hope y'all are having a beautiful and wonderful summer so far. It has been a hot one, a lot of places in the U.S. And so I'm going to follow that by bringing in some heat. I'm just kidding. All right. (laughs) I've got a couple I'm interviewing today, and I think it's been probably a few years since I interviewed a couple together, which is super fun because there's always a good dynamic between husband and wife at least I hope, <laughs> I have Jason and Kelsey Lion, not the plural lions. Lion today. <laughs> a lot of you guys probably know them, follow them on social media. They work for uh, in the Liberty Movement, um, in the Libertarian Party, and are part of Muddy Waters Media, which I'm sure you guys are familiar with as I've interviewed Spike, and a lot of you guys probably follow them. So welcome, guys. How are you? Good. How
0: are you? We're really excited to be here. Yes,
1: we are so excited.
2: (laughs) Oh, thanks for coming on. Um, So the show is called Gingerarchy. Obviously, I am an anarchist, but I'm a libertarian anarchist, and we are on the We Are Libertarians Network. So a lot of people listening probably know you guys. Um, And I would like to start ladies first. Kelsey, so as far as your journey into libertarianism, were you raised as a libertarian? Do you consider yourself an anarchist? Were you conservative, left leaning? Like where were your beginnings?
0: Ooh, okay. <laughs> so, um, I will start. My political journey it was my senior year of high school, and I made makeshift. Please don't kill me. Uh, makeshift. Uh, Barack Obama. Uh, T-shirts as <laughs> Superman. Um, because I did I not know any this. better. Uh, Because I was raised in Connecticut, where it is just hardcore Democrat, and we don't know anything about Republicans up there. Um, So that's where I started. Um, And then I moved to South Carolina. And then I started getting into like more conservative circles. And I was like, I really just want government out of my business. And I thought that was kind of where they were leaning. And then I realized they're just as terrible at it as Barack Obama. So then um, one of our friends actually came over to our house and got Jason involved in the libertarian movement. And I looked at him and I was like, what is this? What are we doing here? Um, And he's like, I signed up for the party. And I was like, great, cool. All right, let's we'll dig into this. Uh, And I started digging into it. And I realized, wow, this makes so much more sense. Uh, This totally is what I was after and thought I was getting it from the other two parties. And I have never looked back since. That is awesome. Actually, my husband comes from
2: the left, too. He was a flaming liberal. So (laughs) Jason, how about you? Where'd you start?
1: So for me, uh, I would say like my earliest times of, of getting engaged in the politics. So I, I grew up in a very conservative family and, uh, joined my, my father was, was air force for 20 years. Um, I joined the Navy from there and while on board submarine, um, one of the guys there was just, just one of those smug leftists and, you know, Bernie Sanders has all the right, right decisions. And so this is around the 2012, 2014 era, um, so Bernie Sanders has got all the answers and so just the smugness of him drove me to start learning more. And uh, I started kind of seeing that you know maybe the conservative side of the arguments um, in my in, in the duopoly sense of where I was in that mindset um, I started leaning more and more that way. Um, then uh, got out of the Navy, met this woman uh, while I was transitioning out. We moved to South Carolina and uh, I started, during the 2016 presidential debates, I started just having a live stream and and just talking about, Hey, you know, here's what Trump said. Here's what Trump means based on his actions. Here's what Hillary said. Here's what Hillary means based on her actions. I was like, they're both just, just compulsive liars. This is, this is fantastic. Um, <laughs> and, and so from there I got, I got challenged and, um, challenged on some of my views. And I realized, you know, government just really doesn't have any of our best intentions at heart. Um, They couldn't, they couldn't say my name. They don't know who I am, but they believe that they have the best prescription for me. And, you know, it doesn't work with your medical provider. Why would this work for a government official? And, and so from there um, I, I slipped down the slope. And, and so now I'm, I'm, much like you I'm I'm one of those proud anarchists uh you know without labels without without ties without anything you know live and let live stone french on others
2: yes i quite agree um do, now when you guys came to like libertarianism together which is really cool because oftentimes i know like between spouses there can be push and pull and i'm sure you don't agree on everything completely that would be really weird <laughs> Wanna does either one of you want to say where you sometimes might disagree on some libertarian principles or philosophical she's
1: principles? a status light. No, she's I a am status not. light. She's a minarchist. Okay. So <laughs> I am a
0: minarchist. Um, and he's a full-blown anarchist. Um, and so I I have a couple of views where I'm like, okay, this is where we should kind of have some form of a military is a big one for me mm-hmm. where I come in and I say, Okay, but I feel like we should have some kind of a national military force. So in case we got invaded, like mm-hmm. I would like this to happen. A standing army. Um, exactly. That, okay. That's what I would like. And so I was like, I think government's job is just to protect us in that one aspect against foreign enemies. Like that's where I'm at because I um, I love, you know, the military. He's a veteran. Um, so that's, that's my one piece that I'm like, okay, we should have something. Now, do I think... The president of the United States should be in charge of said military. No, God, no. He can't even say the one word that he thinks America stands for. he It's just a yeah. bunch of garbage. So it's fine.
2: Well, actually, you know, most of the branches of services don't ride bicycles. So, you know, at least he's not giving that advice. God bless America uh so that jason how do you feel on that like what what would your be solution be to um you know the government being in charge of a standing army
1: so my solution so while i was in my my uh my republican days if you will i became a textualist constitutionalist and so from that it was it was just this idea that the the army was the militia was the people and so we had the arms we had repeaters we had um grenades we had explosives cannons everything of that sort and it was kind of owned by the people and so i i don't see a national standing army as uh, as a necessity for the state for the country i think that you know the the states work well with one another and so um having them be able to to band together with their their national guard which is effect in effect the the militia to be able to provide um those protections when necessary i you know i i you know, I agree strongly with the founders of of this concern that having the standing armies and having these treaties and um, will eventually lead us into endless entanglements, such as Middle East, Ukraine, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, you know, uh, I think we're highlighting here that she just hasn't watched enough of my shows, but we'll talk about <laughs> that later. <laughs> I'm kidding.
2: <laughs> well, you know, on that vein, and we I like to take rabbit trails and go off and kind of go where the conversation leads. Uh, I've seen a lot in the libertarian and anarchist sphere about what's happening with Russia and Ukraine. I've done a couple episodes on the main show about it. Um, What are your feelings? Obviously, personally, as an anarchist, I do not believe in getting involved whatsoever. But I feel like people are picking a good guy and a bad guy in this situation. I think there's a lot more than that. I think there's a lot of gray area and really bad guys on both sides and really you know just normal people living their lives what what's your take like as far as what's going on with ukraine and russia and our involvement
1: ooh so the complexities here are are astounding so you have the complexity of russia needing a trade route because their northern ports are are frozen ports so they're not always accessible so that's why they were looking for the the semi warm ports down there um south of ukraine Um, So that was one of the big objectives there. You had the objective on, on NATO, you know, in uh, 1990 or 91, one of our statesmen um, told, uh, um, oh, blanking on the name, told Russia, you know, promised them not another inch of, Mm -hmm. of NATO coming towards Russia. And since then we've got three nations uh, bordering Russia. Um, So for, for, understanding russia's kind of objective here of they don't want to be infringed by nato they don't want to have like all these controls and and be concerned about the the future of their nation and and kind of um how they've been disenfranchised since the the breaking down of the ussr um they've never really been able to band together and be like a, a wholesome country if you will so understanding their perspective understanding in in ukraine where um Back in twenty fourteen under President Obama and Vice President Joe Biden um going through and and restoring America's democracy by uh toppling and putting yes. in place their people. Um it's amazing how how words are used by them. But um
2: Yeah, spreading democracy having, through force is always
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh these these warheads are really gonna really gonna spread democracy everywhere yeah. they go. So Having that issue there, I think that there's a lot of things that should be concerning and should be alarming for the American people and, and the populace. Um, do I think Russia is a good guy? Absolutely not. I think that, you know, Russia is doing something because they feel desperate in this time. Um, I think that they should be held accountable. Do I think Ukraine is is, is any more benevolent? Absolutely not. I, I'm, I'm, it's kind of a, a, a lose lose situation and with so much of the world economy being handled because of that circumstance, you know, the the world devastation, it, it's a major concern. Um because, you know, if it wasn't for Russia and Ukraine, um our fourth age of July festivities wouldn't be so expensive. So
0: <laughs> and I think uh I think Part of it, too, is, you know, when we're picking a a good guy versus a bad guy, I feel like much of the nation, the mainstream media picks that for us before Mm -hmm. they give us a story. And so I really try to look at everything before I go and say, oh, well, Russia's bad or, you know, all these things. I want to look at everything, right? I want to look at like what is actually happening over there, because I mean, mainstream media can say all this bad stuff is happening over there and we need to take charge. But in reality, it's not as extreme as to what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And so I I really try to look at firsthand experiences from people that are actually over there. I try to interview people, try to look at all different kinds of sources before I go and follow whatever the mainstream media says, which is always a lie. Um, <laughs> well, occasionally,
2: I, you know, a blind squirrel nut. Theory, you yes. know, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm I'm quite in agreement with you guys. Um, one thing that has really bothered me is the amount of money that we've thrown into this that nobody is it, there's no accounting for. It, it, and it's just, I think Kelsey hit the nail on the head when it's like the mainstream media told us what we should believe. Therefore, we shouldn't worry about where these billions of dollars are going because obviously we're giving it to the good guy. And some of that, you know, might go to humanitarian aid and stuff. Okay. Uh, But that's, I just, it's like, you know, look over here. Don't look over here. We're going to tell you what's good and bad. And um, I always think what what are we going to look back and think 20 years from now? Cause that's probably a lot, you know, a lot more true. Let's look at it through those yeah. lenses of like, you know, objective reality. Yeah. In fact, I even remember when um, this conflict was starting at the beginning of the war, which I think is what's about four months old now. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody was had a, you know, a strong position one way or the other, you know, you had some weird Putin apologists and then some people that, you know, wanted America to go in and, you know, do a no-fly zone, which is insanity. Uh, like, and a lot of those people in four months' time have already changed their minds. So, <laughs> which
1: is I, I'm, yeah, I'm so grateful for the people that are willing to look at stuff and and change their minds, and and I'm concerned with the people that still stand strong with whatever their initial bias was, and they're just like, you know, when they took the radical stance of Russia is the benevolent one or or Ukraine is the benevolent one, and it's just like there's so much more information out there that it's like when we see these things um, I, I realized that one of the reasons why we are anarchists is because we take information and we discern it. I'll even give some credibility to the, to the minarchists in the <laughs> audience, but um, is we, we take this stuff in and we're willing to challenge our own biases and, and we're willing to challenge a lot of this. And, and sometimes we fall away from this, but for the most part, we, we try to get as much information out there. And, that's not happening from the Republicrats. And and so they're just saying, you know, my team is holding up a Ukraine flag. So this is this is clearly my team. So let's just go ahead and send 40 billion dollars over there. Let's let's send them armaments so that they can sell those on the Internet so that they can get thirty thousand dollars for uh, for a missile. Like that's that's how we're going to help Ukraine.
0: Meanwhile, we have a shortage of baby formula yeah. in our own country, you know. Yeah, which speaking of that,
2: that segues into another thing that um, our favorite cyclist um, did re- recently. <laughs> so he flies all this baby formula in, and I actually did another episode on this, which was really interesting about because you know a lot of people are like, "Why not breastfeed? Why do people need special formulas?" And there's it's a lot more nuanced than just you know those simple questions. But so yes. he flies in with the military all of this formula and stuff, and then puts it only to be sold at Target puts it through like the worst supply chain and it didn't do anything. And it's not even that much formula, which basically it was a big show yes. again for one side or the other, because everything they do is through the lens of how can we make this benefit us instead of how does this benefit the people we're supposedly representing?
1: Absolutely. It's so interesting because we are the only nation to really have a baby baby shortage yeah.
2: baby formula baby shortage. formula
1: shortage but well, we have a baby um,
2: shortage according uh, to some sorry we're we're not getting <laughs> well, to yeah, the supreme court yet
1: but um <laughs> we'll get there we'll we, get there we have we have the the shortage of the formula because everything has been so monopolized um there's three companies in the country that provide all of those those formulas and one of the responses that biden had on that um our bicyclist in chief if you will was he <laughs> he said we're going to send more FDA um, surveyors or or, uh, over overwatches to these companies to make sure that they're doing this stuff. And it's just like, hold on, like more oversight, more regulations, more controls, more, more hands in the cookie jar aren't going to make this better. It's like, and it speaks to the other thing that happened during COVID, which was we sent all of this stuff to a singular entity or to a couple entities, uh, all of the market going to one with, with uh, him sending it to target Amazon was booming because of COVID and everything else. And so what we see is we see that these politicians continually come out and say, we're for the middle class we're for, you know, we're here to help the people in poverty. We're going to, you know, people need formula. So we're going to help one of these monolithic uh, providers rather than actually give it to, to the people through the market. Um, it, it, It just highlights just how out of touch, our entire political society is
0: and i want to go back to what you were saying on how um you know moms should just breastfeed and everything would be fine um i mean i can say that i personally did not breastfeed um you couldn't. i could not actually actually uh, ten, has- uh, 10 to 15
2: percent of women cannot provide enough or cannot at all and that's just happened throughout history that's why wet nurses yeah. and goat's milk exist
0: right <laughs> exactly <laughs> And for us, it was I needed open heart surgery after I gave birth, and my doctor told me, "Hey, even if you can produce enough milk, uh, you can't yeah. pump while in heart surgery, and you can't pump while you're recovering from." Open or heart I'm surgery. sure you
2: had some medications because that's no, I did not know that, Kelsey. We're gonna have to talk. About yeah.
0: That. Wow. Yeah, I had. I had that. So I had a heart surgery that failed two months after, and then I had to fly up to Boston, Massachusetts to get a life-saving open heart surgery. And so, um, my, I could not breastfeed for multiple reasons. Um, I couldn't even have a C-section if I needed to go and have one. So it's one of those things that, you know, people scream from the rooftops. will just, breastfeed and it's fine. And there are, I mean, my instance, for example, we there are some people that can't for medical reasons. I I even- had
2: that with my second I had to um breastfeed and formula feed because I did have to have a not a major surgery like that, but I did have to have a very important surgery. I had to get on some meds to get over an illness. I would have been pumping yeah. and dumping and I already wasn't making enough. So you know I had to rely on formula and breast milk. And I'm pretty glad that I live in a time when i didn't have to try to shove wet bread down an infant's throat because i didn't have formula available to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um and then again to the to the idea about markets, you know, government whenever they get involved in, you know, the markets, they make it smaller. Um, you know, and they make these big oligarchies basically, these corporate corporations and um cronyism, and they're giving people, you know, less less choices. I mean, if you're poor and the only thing on the shelf is the $29 Enfamil and you're used to buying the $12 parent's choice or whatever, you know whose fault that is? Your government.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: yes. So it, um, yeah. And I do understand. I, you know, I believe there should be some oversight. I personally believe in market oversight. You know, obviously you don't want people throwing yeah. in, you know, arsenic into baby formula. Yeah. Right. But I think, you know, lots of people competing against each other would pretty much cancel most of that out. <clears throat> so well, there's a couple of hot topics lately.
1: <laughs> just a couple.
2: Yeah, there were there were a couple of Supreme Court decisions that came down this week that one got leaked out early. And we all know and everybody pretty much agrees and there's no arguing over it. So we should just no. <laughs> um, there, <no. laughs> there was um, about uh, the the federal government striking down some of the open carry mandates that I believe was, was it New York State. I think it
1: was. Yes, yeah, so it yeah, was New know. York.
2: Yep. Yeah. Um, which I mean, I think was a good decision, um, because the second amendment is in the constitution. And if you are somebody that believes at least the government is what it is right now, then that would be pretty constitutional. Um, Mm -hmm. the second one was to get rid of Roe. Uh, and I, right now I do do social media marketing and work on that for like a job as well. So I have to be on it, but I swear since yesterday, I'm just like squinting when I'm on my regular feed. So I don't have to read and just doing the work I have to do because wow. Yeah. Yeah. It is really polarizing.
0: Yeah. I do social media marketing as well. Yes. And, uh, yeah. Nope, oh, pe- do people you. assume
2: you're on there just for fun? Yes. And like, All why aren't time. you answering me? It's like, I'm making money, ho. <laughs>
0: yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: uh. Okay, so that, what, uh, what are your thoughts on that? You don't have to get too much into the weeds. I don't really like to have like screaming matches or like I'm perfectly right or I'm going to tell this person they're going to hell because I really think those are ineffective and they're just not who I am. And I think there's a lot more nuance. So what do you guys feel about the road decision being struck down?
1: So for me, like the way that I think about this is I look at, um, you know, I'm personally a very pro-life person. Um, I'm one of those radicals. Imagine that an anarchist being radical, <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm a pro-life absolutist. So at the point of conception is when I, I see it to be life. And, and this makes it a very interesting conversation for a lot of people because they're like, sweet. So you agree with taking out road. It's like, no, I, I, I think that Roe versus Wade is good at a federal level because it protects people and I want to work within society. I want to work within culture. And so from my means um, to the end of, of stopping abortions through natural responses is to address some of the markets around um, health care and uh, adoption and foster care and everything else in, in that sector. And so I want to be able to make it to where it's more available and it's uh, abortion is not something that is seen as as a predominant thing and so you know i disagree vehemently with it and i'm receiving a lot of flack for it and i'm fine with it but um it's it's one of those things that we have to have a society first of all if we were to just suddenly outlaw abortion not even talking about the means of which we're doing it, which is the government which has failed on the war on poverty the war on drugs the war on terror the, they the name a war yeah they name a war yeah. and they fail on it but if we were to outlaw through another entity, you have to have a society that's ready for, for that kind of a thing. And with half a million children in foster care right now, many of these kids that are not going to, um, not going to find a permanent home until after they become an adult, because they're the imperfect child, if you will. um, Many of those children will, will get caught up in the criminal justice system. And so they'll, they'll live a lifetime of, or even just go in and out a couple times, but with the recidivism rate and with all these things just spiderwebbed into it, um, just taking a stand and, and, and stabbing just the abortion part of this entire conversation, um, I think that we're not addressing the concerns there. It's, it's people using, um, for a lot of ways, it's, it's just people using their morals and convictions and just forcing it on other people. Um, and I think that there's a, a much better way of doing it than, than just tackling it at the federal level.
0: I'm ready for this one. Okay. Um, so, uh, number one, birth control still requires a prescription. Um, we can't get it over the counter. Um, we have a broken adoption system where it costs you over $10,000 to adopt a child. Um, and some of the questionnaire questions that they ask you when you're going to adopt a child, um, is ridiculous. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we have all of these broken things that surround abortion. Abortion's not the issue here. The issue here is fixing all of the things that lead a woman to feel like that is their only way out. And that's, that's where I come from. I am a Christian. I am personally also very pro-life. I also believe that life begins at conception. Um, But I know that um, I go to a church that They also see the broken system, but they're not the ones outside with picket signs at Planned Parenthood saying you're going to hell. They're the ones that are donating every month to the foster system. We get volunteers that go to the foster system to either help be a foster parent. We provide um, things for foster children. Every foster child in the city of Spartanburg, uh, South Carolina, gets a backpack. And they're all funded by volunteers that we all go in. So it's things like that where... If we start addressing those surrounding issues, we're going to see a drop in abortion automatically. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's that's where I come from it. Um,
2: I guess my stance is similar to yours. I have a few different, I guess, issues I I worry about around it because Roe was built on um, privacy. Uh, So a lot of it didn't. I mean, obviously, it has to do with abortion, Um, but it would be like, how can you investigate some of these medical records, things like that? So that's kind of how it was written. And even though it probably was poorly written, I mean, that's been, it's been, you know, what, 40 years and somebody knew it was going to get overturned one day just because of the sheer fact of the way it was written. Um, I do worry a little bit and and I think it is a bit of a virtue signal and I I do consider myself pro-life. However, I do believe there are instances when taking life is justified. I know that can sound horrible to some people. Um, But that that is how I personally feel. I think that most of the time it is not necessary and, uh, you know, that taking a life, you know, that's between you and God. And someday, you know, if you feel okay with that or you feel it's justified, then, you know, we'll see. But uh, there are circumstances like uh, where you're going all the way back to IVF now and there's these trigger laws in these states yeah. so if you believe it starts a conception well ironically a lot of christian families know their goal is to have a nuclear family which is a great thing they want to be pr- fruitful and multiply for most people or for you know that's easily done for some people it's not so IVF is an option yeah. for people you are fertilizing an embryo and putting it somewhere else yeah. you know or you're stacking a bunch in to get the most success rate so yeah. these laws can go back to that where IVF you know, is not available to some people. So I think worrying about that, certain types of birth control actually can abort a child afterwards, very rare. But even the birth control pill, sometimes a, a fertilized egg can get taken out with that. Okay. The same thing with IUDs. So you're going back to birth control laws, privacy laws. And then I worry, I think my biggest issue, because I don't think people understand how, how miscarriage is, it happens almost 20% of pregnancies. Some people don't know yep. they had one. Um, then, you know, when you get into like some of the Texas bills where say you've got an angry ex or an angry mother-in-law and she wants your merit miscarriage investigated and citizens can, you know, charge someone. I think it's just crazy. And I think it can really go into a bad area where it's, I feel like if, if let's just, like you guys said, let's work on like trying to fix what's wrong first, instead of, you know, setting this up to be something that, we'll really regret happening because I don't know as though, you know, a state banning IVF is going to lead to less abortions because I think people are probably going to have them anyway. So let's give them yeah. a reason not to have them. Right. <laughs> well, how and, do you guys feel the- about any of those, like the trigger laws and things like that?
1: So I, I especially the, the, when you were talking about the miscarriage one, that one Oh. Is one that you know? I and I, I was talking with uh, Natalie Bruno from Oklahoma, and and that was the thing that we were harping on was just if you've ever experienced a family, a loved one who goes through a miscarriage, right? This is somebody who was looking forward and was preparing and and nesting and and all of these things, and they were working in preparation um, to bring a loved one into their life, and you go through that circumstance, and then they miscarriage. And how devastating it is for them and for for you to open up the opportunity through the snitch system, through the civil court system or Mm -hmm. through a criminal court system of having a law enforcement officer show up and interrogate somebody. I mean, just doubling down on on trauma and and it's a it's truly going to fracture away from our society and and I, I agree entirely on the the idea of the privacy and on the idea of like even you know ivF and and how that is is functioning you know my I've got a cousin that had to use it um, and they had twins from it so i mean it was a, it was an amazing experience for them um and so there's there's a lot of of things there that put this into the gray area um for a lot of people and it's something that they have to to realize that when they come to their conclusion it's not the conclusion that everyone else will and so you know we get to rely back onto that that philosophy of live and let live um and let others be judged by by their creators and and so for me like when it comes to the actual abortion itself you know I, i i commonly bring up the idea of the evictionist argument that you know the mother has the woman has sovereignty over her body and it has autonomy and and the life of of the unborn has theirs and so if there if it was to be severed in a way um you know if if the the unborn was then born and and can survive you know they have the right to life but it, it, it gets into an interesting uh, dynamic there as well.
0: And I think talking to healthcare professionals um, like I have uh, recently, you know, it makes their job really hard because, you know, in some states, the way that the laws are written They're saying that there's no medical necessity for an abortion. Well, what about ectopic pregnancies? Yeah, that's one of the biggest
2: ones, Kelsey. Yeah. And can you go on a little bit about that? Because I don't think a lot of people understand that that aren't like maybe men that have never been married to a woman or been with a girlfriend that's been pregnant. (laughs) Sorry, but it's
0: true. Uh, No, it's fine. Um, so I mean ectopic (laughs) pregnancy is, you know, so it basically gets stuck like in your fallopian tube, right? And so you there is no choice, you cannot harvest Mm -hmm. a fetus in your fallopian tubes. I I mean I hate to say it. So you either die, uh actually, that's basically if you don't get rid of the thing that is in your fallopian tube, you can die. Mm -hmm. Um, it's very similar. Like if your appendix was about to burst, like you have a window. Um, and so it's one of those things that, you know, for people that say, well, it's never medically necessary in that instance, it absolutely is because if so, you're killing a mother, uh, because you're not allowing healthcare professionals to go in and get that fetus out before it kills her. And that it, That is one of the things that bothers me. And I see a lot of conservatives coming out and saying, well, that's not true. They're never going to do that. I'm sorry, but I've read some of those bills and they absolutely are trying to do that.
2: Yes. And every time you say that somebody's not going to do something, you know, and, and, <laughs> and one side will use it. And, and the left does this too. They're like, yes. well, you know, we're just going to use executive orders for everything, even though it's pretty much, you know, unconstitutional. Or we're just going to make these arms of government that aren't part of the three branches and have no oversight. But, you know, we're doing it for the good. Well, what do you think the other side's going to do? That they're going to turn around and do it, only just not the way you like to do it, which is yep. what's so funny about the duopoly. So when people say that won't happen, it can happen. You know, and privacy laws can be used against you too. Just look at vaccine mandates. Yeah, you know, yes. they can go in. Can couldn't the government go in and see if you got your shot? What if they think your children should have had two shots? And I'm I'm not going to talk like pro-vax or anti-vax. I'm just saying about you know bodily autonomy. Yeah. So I, there's always that danger zone of when you allow somebody else to tell somebody else what to do with their body or their property, it's going to happen to you.
0: So and they're already doing that because I can tell you that um, uh, we when we had my daughter uh, almost three years ago, um, I went in and I'm not the anti-vaxxer, pro-vaxxer, not that. But um, we went in and I had asked just to span out her vaccines because I didn't want her getting nine vaccines uh, in one appointment at one month old. Um, And I asked if we could just span them out. And they tried to force me to sign a paper um, that said that I was a negligent mother. Um, and that I, um, was not doing what the doctors recommended. And I know of doctor's offices that then turn around and call DCF on you Mm -hmm. all because you asked for your vaccines to be spanned out. Not that you were not going to vaccinate your child, but you just wanted them spanned out. And, and that's, that's happening. And that's a lot of what the privacy issue, you know, bothers me.
2: And I think about like investigation of miscarriage. It's like having CPS show up at your home because if they allow, A neighbor or somebody, my God, look at how often that happens and people are violated, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And it's just people use that constantly and there's really no recourse. You know, if somebody calls and it turns out to be a nothing burger, they harass this other person and that person, it doesn't matter. You know, so uh, I I guess I just, as somebody that is pro-life, I see this as a really dangerous thing, especially the way like these trigger laws, I think a lot of them were set up as virtue signals. Like past fifteen yeah. years ago, because I don't think they actually thought Roe would get overturned. No, um, so we might have pissed some people in the audience off. Today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, not. No. Um,
2: <laughs> uh, oh, so I did talk a little bit about, and I'm sorry, I just like pretty much I assumed you guys would have agreed with uh, the ruling on the concealed carry law. What were your thoughts on that, and and the right to bear arms? What do you guys think about that?
1: Uh, With Clarence Thomas, uh, with him writing the majority opinion on this, he really left open a hole, maybe not a hole, but left a slope for future arguments to be made around the Second Amendment. So the the case was narrowly um, defined for based on a New York state statute of basically you could get concealed carry, but they had a need. You had to show a need for getting open carry. Um, to be able to open carry your pistol out there. And so the Supreme Court ruled that down six to three. But in the majority opinion, um, it was using the terms of the Second Amendment as um, kind of more emboldened as the way a lot of libertarians talk about it, right? The right to to of the people to keep and bear arms. Um, and so I think that there's an opportunity here for future lawsuits should we not see the Supreme Court change um, in numbers or in in persons or ideologies um, where we could see another future Supreme Court case come through and, and maybe even challenge the idea of, of the people in America having to petition to the to the government and requesting the um, to be able to purchase their rights to carry firearms once again um, so I think it's going to be interesting to see if if this is one of those Supreme Court cases that kind of, Opens Pandora's box when it comes to uh gun rights and, and gun ownership in this country. And
0: I think it's funny because Joe Biden came out and was like, this law is reprehensible. And you know, because th- they're calling for um, you know, more gun control. And that did not go with their narrative. Um, mm-hmm. and like we said, we're both very we like guns. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest.
2: We yes like our I'm guns. a fan of being able to defend myself and my family. <laughs> no. I also was um, when I had I uh, was previously married and when I was a single mom, I worked in a really bad part of Cleveland uh, and I had to close at night by myself with a bunch of cash, which wasn't the best business decision on their part. No. But anyways, the fact that I was able to do that was protecting my rights as a woman. So yeah. how dare I tell somebody else they don't get to do that?
0: Yeah. And as a mom, like if someone breaks into your house, I mean, like I, I'm going to protect my kids. Yeah. A baseball bat's not going to do that. I hate to say it. No, it's so funny.
2: And I've actually been um, stalked before and I have three kids, um, two older kids from my previous marriage, and then I've got an 18 month old. So a lot of times my husband's a paramedic and he'll work 24 to 48 hour shifts. So I'm here at night. I'm the protector of my family. You know, I don't have mad ninja skills here, people, (laughs) but you know, I have a 20 gauge pump action and a 38. So I'm okay. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's I, I think a lot of people, you know, assume it's for some guy riding around on his truck with a bunch of, you know, mega stickers, which is fine. He gets to do that, too. But, you, you know, I have pre- any
1: bump stocks. Yes.
2: Isn't that so funny when you go when you when you see those? I see like a plethora of bumper stickers. And I'm like, do you know how many contradictions we have here?
0: Right.
1: <laughs> the Gadsden flag and the don't tread on me or the yes. Gats did in the uh the thin blue line those are Wait, my favorite
2: yeah you guys are in you're in south carolina right correct yeah. so you're in like although there's some liberal bastions there too i think so too yeah but they're all coming yeah. in waves yeah yeah, it's,
1: yeah we're in trump country here and so we get these contradictions every ride to work home wherever
0: we want liberty as long as it goes with our agenda and I'm looking yeah. at them and I'm like, but do you really want the government legislating yeah. your morality? Cause I right. don't think you do.
2: I think that that's a hot topic. People talk about liberty a lot, but they don't understand about the legislating morality part. That's kind of what brought me over from, I used to work for the Republican party years ago and became a big L and then eventually, but I was just like, I, I remember he was a conservative host. I was listening to a radio show and one of the guests talked about, well, you can't really legislate morality. And I had never heard that out of, you know, years of being politically active, conservative. And it really struck with me. It's like, you can't, you can't, f- it's the same thing, you know, if you follow the teachings of Christ or just know who he was, or even the Buddha, uh, they talk, you know, you can't force somebody to believe what you believe. It doesn't work that way. It's, you can't do it through the barrel of a gun. I mean, you can, but yep. it's not real, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Yeah. I I live in a swing state, Ohio. I live in Northeast Ohio. So you can go, um, you know, up North a little bit downtown and it's completely blue. And then I can be like in my suburb or go lower and it's completely Trump country. It's hysterical, oh, wow. but I did <laughs> see a sticker, you guys, in a Walmart parking lot, which is the best place to see bumper yes. stickers. Oh yes. It was on this little car and it had like um a couple Bible verses or whatever, but underneath and really big letters. And you could tell she'd had this decal made. It said, if you would speed, you would steal. What would Jesus do? <laughs>
1: Oh, and I thought that's what? like the
2: worst. I took a picture and posted it on social media. Oh. But like, really? I mean, <laughs> I mean. you know, like, so I, I just, I was like, why do, why do you think people are making fun of Christians? Because you're making us look like this, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, isn't that that by far my husband and I just died. <laughs> There's some I guess dudes. I'm a really
0: bad Christian because yeah. <laughs> I mean, I speed and sometimes have the I mouth Sometimes speeding dealer, is so. actually safer. Yeah, so if you're
2: following the flow of traffic, it's not very safe to slow down and move over. You know what I mean? That's actually the worst to do, you know. Um, I I don't know, I'm not a big fan. Like, one of my big catches, because I think it was one of my last holdouts as a conservative, Mm -hmm. I think I have a a big issue with foreign wars and I have a huge issue on police issues. And I've worked on police accountability locally, so that's just one of my hot button issues, just because. Once I finally came over on that and started really learning, I was like, holy shit, <laughs> this is even worse than I thought. Um,
1: yeah, that's that's where that's really one of the biggest things that I work on is like the criminal justice reform. And mm-hmm, so that's yeah. on the policing side, on on the sentencing side, on, on the whole gamut of it. Um, and it's just astounding, like. I feel like I should be shocked when I see like some horrendous things happening with the way that police officers interact. And I go, that's right. It's part of the government. It makes sense now.
2: Yeah. And I think separating that. Yeah. um, Kind of going around to, you know, enforcing morality. It's the same thing with enforcing like nonviolent crimes. You know, it's not Mm -hmm. really going to work. It never works. Like, Violence, you know, it, it doesn't generally produce a good product. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I want to go over what you guys are doing now, what projects you're working on, and where people can find you. This is a very cool couple, guys, so you should definitely <laughs> follow them. So I, I wear a lot of hats, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies often do. Not that men don't, too. But, you know, especially if you're
0: a mom, you've got to be like, huh. you got to be a million things.
1: She's a super mom, that's for sure, huh?
0: People always ask me, where's your cape? Because I am like, (laughs) they're like, oh, did you see this thing? I'm like, yeah, I'm involved with it. And they're like, how do you do this? And I'm like, no, it's fine. You're like, I Um, diversified my portfolio as a woman. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing? Um, So, okay. So I own my own business. So Kelsey land design Solutions. So I do social media marketing. Um, I brand people's businesses and campaigns Um, because I actually give uh, talks. I actually just gave one in Reno um, about how political campaigns should be branded as a business so we can build brand recognition. So that way, when people go to the polling places, your lawn sign and your branding is stuck in their head. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm doing that. Um, I am a mom. Um, I'm also working, I think, five campaigns right now.
2: Um, Really? You know what? You really need
0: to get yourself together and pick up. a I know. (laughs) know. It's so funny. And like, I get in campaign mode and people make fun of me for it, but I'm like, okay. And I have my checklist in my brain where I'm like, we need to do this, 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 and this in order to get our feet on the ground. People look at me and they're like, whoa. And I'm like, no, this is, this is how this works. Um, I've worked a lot of campaigns. Uh, I was the digital art director for the Joe Jorgensen Spike Cohen campaign. Um and then since then I've worked for Natalie Bruno, I've worked for Ashley Shade. Um I'm working on a gubernatorial candidate in South Carolina right now. Um I'm working on a okay, let's think. Georgia, Tennessee, Oklahoma, South Carolina. Two in South Carolina, so that's my five. And that's just right now. So <laughs> I think that uh, might have been six I don't know that know. might have been six i don't know i i <laughs> lose track um and then i manage social media and branding for multiple companies uh my favorite one recently has been real estate because it's just so fast-paced and on the go i just i love it
1: she's oh. revolutionizing that she won't talk that one up but she is revolutionizing the 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 people she's working with they are just growing in leaps and bounds because of the way that she's designing. Oh, that's um,
2: awesome. I, I do yeah. for me like business doing, you know, I enjoy I I kind of do um my own gig with libertarian stuff. And sometimes I don't talk about like the stuff that has nothing to do with it and is actually like a yeah. profitable business, you know, <laughs> because sometimes yeah. I worry about me getting caught up <laughs> in that. But yeah, that can be really satisfying, especially when you can see like financially, like how how something's growing and um. And actually, like a lot of business owners, especially like small businesses, have no idea how powerful social media can be. Yeah, yeah. And as a libertarian, we know that you know. <laughs>
1: that, that's, that, where, right. that's where that's yes. where we're the best keyboard warriors. Yes, got
0: this, <laughs> media. And actually, we're coming to your neck of the woods. Who uh, are you? We're yeah, we're coming to Ohio at the end of August. Jason, yeah. you want to cover that one?
1: Yeah. So uh, in in Columbus, Ohio. Saturday, Sunday of August 20th and 21st, there's a criminal justice reform summit that will be free for all attendees. Um, But we're going to be talking about criminal justice reform. We're going to be talking about um, how to engage with legislators, how to push legislation, how to be effective in what we're doing Um, right now. They have a promise that Snoop Dogg will be having a video we're still pushing to try to get him to attend as well but both kelsey and i will be uh speakers at that event as well
2: yep. is that saturday and sunday yes yeah. i the might try to okay so i might try to come down on sunday that's only an hour and a half for me i live between you know there in cleveland um yeah. my daughter goes his her weekend to move into college um the 20th that i should be free the 21st you guys probably work with chrissy then Yes, yes. She, that's, she, that's, she, she's, she's the girl bot. And I worked with the uh, awesome. Cuyahoga County Jail Co- Coalition before um, and yeah. some things on bail reform. So I have to check you guys out. I'm super excited. And then social medias,
0: roll off your socials. Whoop, whoop. Okay. <laughs> uh, so mine, uh, my business one is Kelsey Lion Design Solutions on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, my personal uh, Instagrams are Kelsey Lion underscore because I just wanted to be fancy. It's fine. Um <laughs> And I'm trying to think. I'm not active on Twitter because me and Twitter have a very love-hate relationship, but Jason's very active on Twitter.
1: I suck mm. so bad at Twitter.
0: <laughs> yeah. I do social media, but I absolutely hate Twitter. It's yeah. just it, it, Yeah, it hurts.
1: So I, I treat Twitter real quick before I get into my socials. I tweet, treat... Twitter like I kind of like I do uh Tiger King so if I'm ever feeling <laughs> like I'm really down on myself I watch <laughs> Tiger King so I can you know make sure that I I I know that I'm making good decisions in my you life You know what
2: I'm if actually going to go back when I edit and copy that and quote you on that online Okay, go
1: ahead. I like it, Do it. <laughs> but if I'm ever feeling good about myself, I just go into Twitter and I'm like, "All right, now I'm back to being humble again because it's just a cesspool of terribleness." Um, so, so for <laughs> me, um, <laughs> you can find all my work on MuddyWatersMedia.com. Um, we are anywhere and everywhere that you can find so, uh, social medias. Um, but for me personally, I'm on Twitter, Mr. Bearded Truth, um, Facebook. I think for some reason Facebook gave me a weird tag, but it's Jason dot Lion nine um, two. So it's kind of weird. You we don't know where the it has came no from. idea what that. They used to um, do that.
2: They were giving them out for a while. I know because mine is like completely not my name. If you actually
1: go to, yeah, <laughs> Just look up the it's name. Weird You'll and, find. It's weird and wonky, but um, but that's where you can find me at. But other than that, <clears throat> most of my content is getting put up on uh, Muddy Waters Media. Um, whether it's on the Facebook, the the Twitter, the YouTube. Or just on the website itself.
2: Or and you, y'all, y'all are gro- growing leaps and bounds, aren't you? Right now, Wendy Waters. Well,
1: water. uh, not on Facebook. We just got uh, we just got throttled um for a post that we made four years ago. So <laughs> it's
2: a dying platform pol- for political conversion right now. So, is. You know what I mean?
0: Instagram is the best,
1: right? It's now. terrible. <laughs> it's so funny, but four years ago. They're rubbing our nose in it now. So it's good.
0: <laughs> business wise though. Facebook is a great platform. Yeah. Yeah. If you um, have like a non-political, definitely. Yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely. Yep. Um, oh, and I forgot to get my website, uh, Kelsey designs.com. So if anyone needs branding for their business and stuff like that, I am always taking new clients. So awesome.
2: Do you, any, do any of you guys do the ticker talkers? <laughs>
1: <laughs> i scroll it that's about as far as we do so we send it to each other but that's yeah,
2: yeah one of the businesses is like you need to learn this because we're going into this space i'm like god i hate my life but it's actually yeah. it could be really it could be really addictive so
0: well and the thing <laughs> is too that most people don't realize is um instagram is trying to compete with tiktok right now so if you do an instagram reel you'll uh on average get four times the mm-hmm. um conversion Yeah. So uh, a lot of people don't realize that, but always put it on Instagram and TikTok. Yeah. Instagram is great.
2: By the way, guys, if you need like some social media marketing, go to a professional like Kelsey. Because a lot of people think like it took me a long time to figure out stuff. And I was just like running pages for next to nothing. Um, But yeah, I actually can. I monetize my personal page. And if I can make enough reels on Instagram, I get paid for them. It's probably like five cents right now because mine aren't very good. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Instagram's king right now, so. And video content on social media is key. So always making sure. And don't do the thing that a lot of businesses do where they post external links on Facebook or Instagram.
2: Yeah, and people are, I hate this and I still do this and I don't even know if it makes that big of a difference, but it was a thing about, I would say about five years ago, I react to my own posts first. It just shows up to people. People are like, why do you do this? I'm like, have you ever heard of an algorithm? Like, yeah. Yeah.
1: You got Liberty claws to do in his and I yeah. loved it.
2: Yes. <laughs> oh, I love Tom. Tom's like oh, my Liberty God. Dad. Yeah. Um, I love Tom. Yes. He's he actually his kid. He's my fa- yeah, he's he's my favorite boomer in the whole world. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't so. know. Between him and Brent DeRitter, I mean it's a pretty good challenge.
2: I don't oh, I, yes. the beard That's challenge. True. <laughs> <laughs> wait, yeah. Wait, are you gonna like so if you ever shave your beard, are you gonna have to change your handles on
1: Oh, I. See she that. did that
0: once, and I and I cried because I was like, "I'm not changing your social media. So stop it. <laughs> Grow it back.
2: Yes. It's, it's, you have to put on a fake one until it grows back." I'm like, I'm like a no beard. Like I love my husband. My husband shaves completely bald with no beard and stuff. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe he's have to change his stuff to baldy. Anyway. <laughs>
0: We actually did. So me and Sarah Andereg, we did a takeover as a joke on Muddied Waters Media, but we actually brought in a serious guest and did a serious show. But the first five minutes was not serious because Jason, Matt, and Spike did not know that we were doing this. And so I showed up, I bought a fake beard and I pretended to be Jason And she pretended to be Matt with like his kava and all this other fun stuff. And so I kept the beard. So that way, if Jason ever shaves his beard again, I just have a backup for him on a string. (laughs) 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 Okay, you
2: guys, thank you so much. Um, it was a lot of fun. I'm gonna have you on again because I've got like a thousand more topics that I want to talk yes. to you guys about. So thank you it, so much for having us. Oh, it was yes. so much fun. I love having couples. It's a great dynamic. So all you Wall listeners and Ginger Arky listeners, you need to follow Jason and Kelsey. Um, if you miss any of that, I'll put some of the links in the show notes. And as I do always, I wish you peace, grace, love, and fuck the state.